Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, the most whacked, tripped out podcast ever. I'm your host, trash eating stink bag, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today. Henry Gilbert, and tell the fat cats upstairs that things are going to change in this town. And who do we have on the line? Hey, it's Virgil Texas. Uh, Matt Christman. Woo! And today's episode is Trash of the Titans, the 200th episode. <laughs> Everybody, vote for my dad, Homer Simpson. If you don't, he'll beat us. Why, you don't! No one's gonna beat you, son. You're gonna get such a beating. <laughs> Today's episode aired on April 26, 1998. As always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Mark Wahlberg's The Big Hit is a big hit at the box office. Oh no. Canada's Prime Minister makes a trip to Cuba, no doubt inspired by Homer's then-recent trip there as well. And one week earlier, Linda McCartney passed away, which is why this week's episode is dedicated to her on The Simpsons. It was a weird image to see after this uh, show about trash to see a cartoon of Linda McCartney's face saying, oh yeah, by the way, she's, she's gone now. She went to the big dump in the sky. I'm curious, have there been any guests, any, any guests on the show who uh, died and were not memorialized like that? Hmm. You know, I think there's a number of them, actually. I, I, I don't know if they did a Gary Coleman memorial. I highly doubt that. No. Well, that's me, then. Well, so Lawrence Tierney. No, definitely not no, that no. one. No. They want to forget oh, so about Lawrence just, Tierney. So they're like they're sitting around, like they're like I don't know, maybe the writers' room is sitting around deliberating. You know, well, Gary Coleman. Uh, I do actually think Gary Coleman did get one. Yeah, I would. I would actually stake money on that. I can't wait till it's uh, time for them to end an episode by flashing a memorial image of Dan Castellaneta, uh, <laughs> Harry Shearer. Uh, but they're still making the episodes. The show, imagine the show keeps going on and just the deaths accelerate and episodes just start having like here's five prior guest stars who have died this week. <laughs> your your it's just the show becomes a memento mori. Yeah, I mean uh, we do have a death jingle. We played it a number of times whenever mm-hmm. a guest has died. We play the jingle. Staring, yeah, fortunately nobody on this one where we will not be playing that death jingle today. What about you two's manager? Oh, is he Old gone? Old Hattie McDougal, oh, whatever no. his name is. I don't know what his oh, name uh, is. Paul McGinnis. Yeah. Well, we'll get to him. I'm glad they included him. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but yeah, this is the 200th episode of The Simpsons, and it's woo! the 200th episode of our show. Yes. So we have two very special guests. That checks out. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> we've done a lot more than that, though, but our two special guests today are Virgil Texas and Matt Crispin of the Chapo Trap House Podcast. Thanks for coming back to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We are three members of the three-timer club now. <laughs> <laughs> of remote guests, I think you've broken the record of three-timers. I think. Okay, so does that mean we get some sort of gift basket or perhaps uh, monogrammed smoking jackets? Who's been on the show more than we have? 
Oh, I mean, we have friends who are like kind of local gets that that do more. Like our friend Cat Bailey, she she's been on more than you guys. All right, well then we have to take her out. Yeah, what's her record? <laughs> oh no, please don't don't hurt Cat. Uh, no, I think it means uh, we're entitled to at least five percent of your Patreon money. Uh, check the fine print in the TOS. No. <laughs> Damn those mods! You're breaking up. What? I can't hear you. Uh, but yeah, hey, we are super honored to have the Chapo guys back on again, especially you guys are in the middle of a world tour, not unlike you two. Indeed, we are, uh, as we're talking to you, about to travel to the enchanted land of Europe to watch fascism be reborn. Did you hire a potato man? <laughs> yeah, he'll be following behind us at all times. <laughs> uh, we, we've talked to you guys before about your uh, love of The Simpsons and connection to it, though. Do you recall watching this episode and being there for the milestone to... Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. I watched this one. I was. This was probably at the peak of my like childhood TV obsession was yeah. when this episode episode aired and I, as a side note i want to say the simpsons have been to all the countries that we're visiting except for germany hmm. they've never been to germany have they i mean i don't know all these later seasons well i know grandpa simpson sure has oh yeah uh, that's an edge case in Sorry. uh in his fantasy homer visited the land of chocolate mm. which is kind of germany <laughs> Uh, they went to they went to Ireland. They went to the UK with the Tony Blair Ugh, episode. Terrible episode. And uh, I don't know. We're visiting Amsterdam. We're not doing a show there. I wonder if... Mm. I, I want to say they've done Amsterdam. Done A lot of great visual gags in that one. You can imagine. Is everyone wearing the clogs. <laughs> you know, I think it was when they went to Switzerland was the gag about the nude woman who was the crossing guard, I think. That was, oh, that Sweden. was Sweden. That was Sweden. Mm, all right. When they went, it was it's a it was a treehouse of horror. That was a treehouse, yeah. Where they go to Sweden to get the Nobel Prize with Jerry Lewis. That's right. Okay, that that was the closest my brain could get to them going to Amsterdam in later seasons. That's a very late season thing to do. Hey, let's just meet the celebrity that this character is based on for some reason. Oh God, I'm glad Edward G. Robinson is yeah. dead. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they loved hanging out with Jerry Lewis that day. I bet he told them they weren't very funny. I'm, uh, I'm sure he was a delight. We got all these broads in here. What do they do? Get the coffee? <laughs> Jerry Lewis probably told them, like, you're. this is the best work you've ever done. This is, like, season 18 is the golden era. Having me go spelkish in my spoinking. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking up uh, stuff for this, there wasn't... Fox didn't celebrate this as much as they celebrated the 100th. Like, the 100th, they got every celebrity they could on camera to wish them a happy 100th episode. Mostly Fox celebrities. Yeah, pretty much. But they, they didn't do that with 200th. It was weird. Which was the 100th episode? Oh, uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song. Oh, that's a really good one. That's way better yeah. than this one. That's a great one. <laughs> I mean, like, this one's still pretty good, but it's not nearly as good as that one. That is one of the best episodes, period. Yeah. If you're yeah. a Skinner fan. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my theory is they made this, the, they say on the commentary that they knew this was the 200th when they did the table read of it. So I, I think they chose this mainly on star power. That's that's my... Uh, oh, God, no, I remember the ads for this, and I remember how hard they were hitting. You two, Steve Martin, 200th Simpsons. <laughs> and one of the you two guys' girlfriends gets a scene. What were some of the other ones this season? Uh, Trouble with Trillions, I think. Which you did with uh you did with Amber. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Nothing else. I mean, that, like this was still a pretty good season. Nothing. I mean, this. I guess this does feel like the 200th episode. I mean, it has a song in it. I mean, the song's worth it not alone. And it's uh, shockingly though, this isn't even a third of the <laughs> way through Simpsons now. Are they at 700? Oh God! 
Are we at 700? How shitty are they now? Seriously. Uh, so the next Treehouse of Horror will be the 666. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. And so they just got renewed for two more seasons, which will definitely get them over 700. So, well, this is a very political episode of The Simpsons, too. Relatively. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can make some direct comparisons to real-life events. That yeah. They, uh, did not- yeah, you could maybe argue that uh, Homer uses certain tactics in his race uh, for trash commissioner that might echo certain events of contemporary American politics. Uh, oh, also, this episode in England, speaking of the jolly old UK, was a controversial one because oh, of right. the use of wanker twice two one. wankers in this episode they wanked it twice <laughs> it hey they're just lucky that there wasn't a fucking car bomb again <laughs> that that one they just cut out right but this one yeah and uh, actually when they replayed it 10 years later april 15th of 2008 they aired it before 9 p.m and uh it offended a number of british people hearing wanker at that early of an hour wow See, I just thought that all all European television is just nude people at all hours of the day. <laughs> uh, well, as long as they're not wanking, or if they don't call it wanking while they do it, maybe that's fine. The UK, where the uh, I'm pretty sure the C word the C word is on the national seal. <laughs> national C word. Uh, well, this uh, this episode also is partially inspired by Mike Scully's own father, uh, constantly running for local elections and losing, never winning. <laughs> That's a fun hobby. Yeah. I would love to be a local eccentric in a small town where I just ran for shit. You kind of get to go out there and like meet the community, hang out. It'd be fun. Matt kind of is a local eccentric. Yeah, but it's like I don't have that, you know, I don't have that that aura. I really do need to move to a small town and just run for comptroller every year. I don't know. I I, I think that, you know, everyone comes to New York to, to, you know, be be in a big pond and, uh, you know, try to make a name for yourself. I think... You could be a local crank, a visible local crank, who's constantly running for mortician, uh, like the Brooklyn, uh, uh, the the ceremonial Brooklyn mayor's post. I would run for Brooklyn mayor. That looks like a fun gig. You would get. You're just you're going to cookouts and barbecues and walking in parades. Scully went on to write for Parks and Rec, so I wonder if that uh. you know local election kind of stuff inspired him in that. He's one of he's one of the if you see on Parks and Rec the local cranks that appear and say silly things at meetings. He played one of those guys uh, pretty regularly. Oh, was he the one who was who said? Uh, I don't. I, sh- I, I don't have to pay taxes. I've never paid taxes, and it's like that's illegal. And he goes, "Well, you don't know my name or where I live." <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that is that was him. Yeah, I thought so. This episode though starts with uh, a real commentary on corporations, which uh, I I always love. I, I always with the money. <laughs> ah, the finger thing means the corporations. Uh, I mean, these, this meeting at Costington's really was how, as a teen, I imagined business meetings yeah. went. And, and now I know they're much less productive. Uh, but the, why don't we hear from old Costington's? Gentlemen, I'm pleased to report strong holiday sales from the Christmas Hanu Kwanzaa spend phase. Mm-hmm. And things look good for the mom-dad-grad gift card. Uh, then we'll have the usual summer lull. But, hey, we're making enough money, right? <laughs> <coughs> Um, uh, hey, hey, hey. Okay, people. We need to cook up a new holiday for the summer. Something with uh, gifts, cards, assorted gouchables. How about something religious? We had great penetration last spring with Christmas, too. Oh, I know. Spend over like Passover, but less talk, more presents. Mm-hmm. Product yeah, gift, gift. No, no, no! No, it's got to be warm and fuzzy. 
Something like, um, Love Day, but not so lame. <laughs> Happy Love Day, everyone! Come on, Mom, the store's just invented this holiday to make money. Lisa, don't you ruin another Love Day. For you only. <laughs> I'm sir, loves a lot. The bear who loves to love. They didn't have Lord Hoggington? It's the same basic bear, homie. <laughs> I guess. This is, the, this is the first appearance of Costington's, right? It is, yes. 100 Years Without a Slogan, I think that's the slogan. <laughs> I love that slogan. Uh, yeah, I think Costington's, you know, it's it's more funny than, uh, what, Try and Save, I think. They needed a bigger branding company. I would think yeah. Costington's is long gone now in, in this uh, corporation. Much like Gimbal's. <laughs> yeah, and Dress Barn. All the Dress Barns just shut down. They did. They did. R.I.P. I can't believe the store that implicitly compared women to farm animals went out of business, by the way. <laughs> Love Day is a good guy. Love Day is one of those things that you, you can just show up someone a, a still with Love Day in it, and they're like, oh, I get what this refers to. I know what that means. And I, I don't know if you were going to play it, but the part where Homer has to step on the doll, oh, yes. Kelly yeah, yeah. loves it as it's cr he's crushing it remorselessly, that's just a perfect summation of so much you know corporate-powered phony sentiment and how little it actually has purchase in our, in our minds, but we still go, with, go along with it. Once, once you've hugged it once, you've loved it enough, and now it's time to throw it away. I mean, the smash cut to Love Day is great. Like that's hilarious. Excited marches. Uh, yeah, she. I enjoy the phrase "gougeables." Yeah, yeah, they, that should have caught on. In the gift corridor, the gifting <laughs> corridor. That's great. You know, they still haven't figured out how to properly monetize the summer yet. You know. You know what really feels like Love Day is uh, all the all the corporate brand Twitter accounts. Oh, yeah. You could just reply to any one of them with just a, a picture of Love Day. <laughs> On, uh, well, I wish the show had so told us what day is Love Day. Then we could celebrate it. Oh, we could have ironic appreciation of it that in the Mr. Burns, a post-electric play universe becomes a real holiday that people celebrate. You know, they never really tell you when Festivus is, do they? They just say it's around Christmas. Yeah, well, it's around Christmas. Oh, well, actually, no, I guess it's supposed to be a replacement for Christmas. Yeah. I was just given a Love Day card for Valentine's Day, and I don't think the card company knew they were referencing The Simpsons. They were just like, what's another fun way to say Valentine's Oh, Love oh, Day. Really? Yeah. Nobody wants to get gifts in the summer. They're too sweaty. <laughs> and they're usually barely clothed. I think they need to find a way to give gifts on the 4th of July. Like that. Uh, just tie it into that. Give the gift of freedom, baby. Uh, also, the way the guy says, like, we're making enough money, right? And then seemingly dragged away to be killed. <laughs> I, I think of that often. I, I love yeah. that. Like, there's no such thing as that. And that's true. That's a core capitalist concept, is that profit must be maximized. It's always with the capitalism. <laughs> that was my mistake in meetings uh, when we worked at websites. So I was like, sustainability is cool, right? Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. They dragged me away with their eyes. I wasn't physically dragged away. <laughs> There's a little bit more of the 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 healthy contempt that the rela healthy relatable contempt that the writers have for suits in this that you see in the itchy and scratchy yeah. um, Poochie episode. Yeah, I, especially the guy just pronouncing that it should be Love Day, but it's actually kind of a very Poochie yeah, moment of like good. call it Love Day, <laughs> yeah. something not so lame. Like the irony of it is. The people this is making fun of will never, ever understand it or watch it or, or realize that it's about them. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I mean, or they, 
they'll laugh along with it and appear in the show like Rupert Murdoch did. Yeah, I think now uh, if you're on Twitter, there is no shortage of holidays because every day it's a new hashtag. It's like it's National Crouton Day. Yep. Go and eat croutons. Yeah, I always make it a point not to eat the thing that it's the national day of. If I was planning to, I, I switch my menu. Yeah, that's right. We subscribe to Adbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I though I don't think this show could have imagined things like the Burger King unhappy meal stuff. Like that's meal. still the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that would have been a lazy joke. I don't like the fact. I'm, I'm personally, I, I think it's a little concerning that the blue meal that they sell, the, or the unhappy meal, the sad one. The prize is a laundry bag and a fucking rubber band. I think that's not good. <laughs> I love loves a lot. I it, it Homer's reaction to it reminds me of when I was a kid and my mom would get like the wrong Batman figure. And she had the reaction of like it's the same basic Batman. She she was right. She was right to say that. I prefer the uh, kiss kisses make me boogie o lantern. Yes, yeah. Kiss it and make it boogie. I think your mom was wrong and. Uh... If the alt-right had existed then, you would have joined it because of that incident. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was online enough. I, I feel I feel for the children today who are as online as I was then, but have more Nazis in their face. Incorrect toy purchases are, that's the origin story of 70% of the alt-right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the, yeah, the kisses made me boogie-o-lantern. I love that gang because clearly they just took their jack-o-lanterns out of storage and put lips on it. Hilarious like, wax lips. <laughs> Such a great gag. Using replacement for your own lips. <laughs> and Homer's, Homer's dance to the jack-o'-lantern is quite good, too. It's uh, I want that on a gift loop. Uh, and as Love Day ends, it's time to clean up the Love Day garbage. What the hell is this? It's a kisses make me boogie-o'-lantern. Kiss it and make it boogie. Kiss it. Uh, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, we better start our Love Day cleanup. You kids take care of the wrapping paper. I'm going to dismantle Loveland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a terrible waste. Yes, but the memories will last a lifetime. (coughs) It's full, Dad. That means you have to take out the trash. Yep, that's the rule. He who tops it off, drops it off. Uh Uh-uh, it isn't filled until it's spilled. Uh, they cut off his voice perfectly. Yeah. It's almost like he gained sentience. And he... <laughs> yeah. He just long enough to feel love and then betrayal and then death. And I think Marge spent uh, thousands of dollars on Loveland. She loves Love Day. She loves it. It says she only has so many outlets in her life, Marge does. So she has to put it all on the Loveland. The, uh, uh, the, the battle over who takes out trash continues to this day in my house. I, it's still. I got to say that that's that plant, that uh, rule. That's just begging for a disaster because everyone is going to be incentivized to push the limit on what constitutes full, which means it's always going to be just disgusting and, and, and falling over. That is honestly, that's, that's something that haunts my dreams, the idea of a trash can with a, you know, a, a rickety mound atop it of trash that could be falling off the sides and then having to bag that up and then not knowing if you got crappy bodega trash bags or hefty. Yeah, you just, you got to go alternate. That's the easiest way. Why do they even sell the bad trash bags? They don't work. They don't do the job. Uh, I guess they there's still a market for the cheapest trash bags still that don't work that don't do the job of a trash bag. It's literally a product that does not work. 
Well, on this show, they don't even have the twisty thing. When they say you have to tie it off yourself, like I long ago started just using the ones that have the tie off. The, dry, on the drawstring on them? Yeah, or? the drawstring. Yeah. Who would get it any other way? That's crazy to me. We live in the future. <laughs> maybe maybe it was different in 1998. I don't know. But well, this battle over who takes it out, though, I mean, if you've had male roommates, I feel like I've had these battles of whose job it is to take it out. Same, same with dishes as well. What is the rule around the Chapo offices with trash, guys? Yeah, just keep your piles of it uh, away from sources of potable water. <laughs> <laughs> the rule is everyone follows Felix around like baby birds picking up his detritus. <laughs> uh, you remember where Marge goes to prison and there's all the trash in the house that so they just kind of put a rug over it? And it's just undulating with mounds of garbage. That's what our office is like. <laughs> well, this uh, I I think this gave too many people good rules on like tops it off, drops it off, fill till spill. Like, I'm a big you know. uh, lid garbage can guy. Mm. As I get older and more boring, I've been investing in better garbage cans. <laughs> I've got a real doozy at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, well, and you have multiple garbage cans too, like separate things for it and everything. Mm-hmm. I yeah. separate things. I got very boring. <laughs> Fancy pants with a separate garbage. They're expensive. I find they're, they're expensive if you want a nice one. That's not just like a Rubbermaid thing. You want one that's steel and has the two compartments, one for your recyclables, one for your uh, non-recyclable refuse. That adds up. That's a lot of money. You want one that talks to you, uh, you know, plays CeeLo. Or just tells me the current fullness level and in, in like with a stinkometer on there or something. <laughs> the, the Battle of the Trash Can begins in the Simpsons' house. Bart staples a uh, banana peel to it rather than take out the trash. Then Homer gets his big breakfast log, which... Uh, it's, I wonder what that is. I feel like it's just a pile of processed meats. like Some sort of sausage he's just eating raw. I guess, uh, yeah, it's just a raw sausage. This sounds like the sort of product that uh, Matt would talk about wistfully that you could get in the Midwest but not here. <laughs> and be conf- just confounded that nobody else knows what it is except for Amber. I'd probably try it. Like a Bob Evans tube of meat products? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably give it a shot. <laughs> Well, it reminds me of like a giant sized version of like the Jimmy Dean sausage yeah. logs you're supposed to cut up and cook, which I've never I've never purchased those. Not that I don't eat garbage, but I've never eaten that specific garbage. Yeah, on a side note, that chapel you guys did with Bill Oakley of The Simpsons mm. about food was such such a great one. Stalking Simpsons listeners, if you haven't heard that one, give that one a listen. That's yeah, great. Yeah, no, he was delightful, and uh, we were of two. We were of one mind on a lot of the same in terms of our our preferences, our love of Arby's, for example. If you recall correctly, he came in to judge our food quandaries, and he ruled one in my favor and one in Matt's favor. So that was a tie. Yep, that's one all. Mm-hmm. Next time he's on, you need the tiebreaker on that. Yes, correct. Well, I'm sure that more greater food controversies will emerge. Oh, it's inevitable. I look forward to what food controversies will st- come up on Chapo from like British food or whatever you eat in Germany. Ooh. Oh man, I cannot wait to go to Tesco's. I'm gonna go ham at the Tesco's. They- I'm gonna go right bloody mental with a Tesco, mate. I'm gonna get digestive biscuits. I'm gonna get a bloody plowman sandwich. <laughs> yeah, we'll need a, br- a British fast food comedy guy like Chris Morris or something. Gonna come go on. cheeky Nando's. Uh, well, I'm I am looking forward to Nando's. I mean, I, they have it in a few cities in America. And, and our our, 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 our uh, brilliant manager slash producer Chris has got Buckfast uh, on our rider in 
Glasgow. So hopefully we can drink that and then uh, stab each other with the bottle. I've always wanted to try Cornish pasty. That's, that's mm-hmm. Oh, those are good. Pa- Greg's. That's uh, sort of the McDonald's of pasties. They're good. Oh, I'm going to go to Greg. I'm going to go ham at Greg's, too. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. We're at our 200th episode and we're not moving this podcast five miles down the road. We're staying right here for the long haul of Simpsons podcasts on Talking Simpsons. Big thank you to our guests, Virgil Texas and Matt Chrisman. They are busy podcast superstars, but they made time to chat with us about this classic episode of The Simpsons. And we always welcome these guys on. They are some of our favorite guests. So thank you once again, Matt and Virgil, for coming back onto the show. Now, this podcast is supported at patreon.com slash talking simpsons that's what gives me and bob the time to dedicate all our working hours to this podcast and getting great guests like matt and virgil if you signed up at five dollars a month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons not only would you help this show go on for another 200 episodes but you'd also get to hear every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad free you can hear the 201st episode right now and the same goes for our sister podcast what a cartoon where me and bob give the same in-depth treatment to a different animated series once a week. And that includes shows like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 and uh, even something super obscure like Thundar the Barbarian. You can hear that and tons more early at patreon.com slash talking simpsons plus at $5 a month also gets you access to exclusive Patreon podcasts you can only hear there. Our limited series where me and Bob give the same talking simpsons treatment to the entire series of The Critic, the entire first season of Futurama, and the entire first season of King of the Hill. All of that there and our next mini series will be available to you in the fall you'll hear all of those only if you are a five dollar and up patron so please if you haven't done it yet come on it's been 200 episodes get on the trolley and sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpson You know, a gift is even better than Sir Loves a Lot? A $10 and up premium subscription at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you sign up there, not only will you get all of the $5 stuff I talked about, but you'll also get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob talk for three or even four hours about a specific animated theatrical feature film. What have we done so far? Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, a goofy movie, The Secret of Nim, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 1992's Aladdin and in June the Tiny Toon Adventures direct-to-video feature How I Spent My Vacation you can hear all of those right now if you bump up your pledge or just sign up at $10 a month so much cool stuff and you'll get a new What a Cartoon Movie podcast each month plus you'll get to see all of our previous video content that's only available to $10 and up people too please check that out one more time patreon.com slash talking simpsons Homer, his breakfast log distracts him too much. He knocks over all the garbage. Marge enforces the rules on him that he heads off to drop off the trash and uh, he has like this speech to himself, which I think I've given to myself during uh, 
walks to the garbage can. It's a pre-spee, uh, pre-spree speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but uh, things don't go so well for Homer and the garbage men in this next clip. <coughs> ow, ow, stupid trash, rotten, stinky, hate world. Revenge soon. Take out on everyone. <laughs> garbage water! Oh, you're pushing me, baby! You guys are the lousiest garbage men ever! Yeah, I'm talking to you! You trash-eating stink bags! Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What did you call us? I don't know. A lot of people were yelling stuff. Yeah, you called us trash-eating stink bags. Uh, Didn't you learn anything from Love Day? That was yesterday, moron. Good news, everyone! I got in a fight with the garbage men, and they're cutting off our service. Oh, Lord, now what are we going to do? Just let the trash pile up? Hey, I'd rather live in a dump than in a world run by snooty garbage men. Dad, is this another one of those situations that could be solved by a simple apology? I never apologize, Lisa. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. I think this is the first show to really just talk about the horrors of garbage water. Yeah. It's It's a constant fear of mine taking out the garbage. Like, what is the water? What's it made out of? Oh, God, they really captured just the anxiety of taking out trash just perfect yeah there's so many disgusting things in this episode but i think just the gar- the garbage water is the grossest sure, there must be one writer who has such a specific vendetta uh, uh against having to take out the trash well i love in the garbage water drawing too like you see such sponge you see the sponginess of his slippers soaked Whoa. it up so he has to like squeeze it to get some out of it like it's ugh, god not very appetizing. This is this is not the best time to eat. We're post we're post hoagie now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like a very understated joke, but they do show that Ned's trash is just this little cube, mm, which I guess, I, that. I guess that's just showing that he's more responsible with his trash and whatnot. And uh, yeah, there's a great like I love how quickly the garbage truck backs up towards Homer after he's he's threatened these uh, these big scary garbage men. When I was a kid, I'm sure uh, they're paid well, but it was sort of an urban legend that uh, garbage men are actually paid handsomely. And like mm. you can make so much money, and it was like the uh, the the rumor. Okay, growing up, I like they do okay. I don't know. I watched Rock and oh. uh, <laughs> revealed the the real life of a garbage man. <laughs> And Charles Dutton killed a man. But he did. This is <laughs> it's on the records. You know, I feel like I'd read stories those those uh, wonderful, awful stories about like this trash man makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Isn't that awful? Type news. Oh stories. yeah, there was one of those uh, for like a, a sanitation worker on Bart. Yeah, for the uh, that's our train system here. It's like he made six figures because he had been a sanitation worker for like thirty five years or something, mm-hmm. and it was a shock and horror story. How dare he? He's been picking up your shit for thirty years. He deserves more than that. Yeah, honestly. It's a dangerous job, too. Way more so than fucking cop. Yeah, a lot of sanitation workers die on the job. They are, they are the real... I, I respect them far more. Yeah. They are the real troops. <laughs> Imagine a day without a fucking garbage man. Holy shit. Oh, society would break down. Yeah. I would immediately just settle all of my scores. <laughs> like, like, that's it. Oh, we don't live in a functioning society. Got it. <laughs> Time to begin the pl- cleansing. <laughs> the thing is, like, it's because of all the all the stopping and driving and stuff, all the traffic stuff, and they don't have the like those little stop signs on the sides of their trucks, like school buses have, so people don't know what to do, and they just you know run into run run over people. Wow, that's horrible. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Of course, you deserve that much money. 
to freaking pick up the society's trash. Are there often sanitation strikes in New York, or is this why I've just heard about the big time New York? Well, there was a big one in uh, the 70s. 70s. Yeah, yeah a huge, long, protracted one. And that was just, yeah, that was society breaking down in New York. Uh, and I don't believe we've had one since. The last strike was, I think, this illegal strike that the MTA did a few years back. Maybe it was like 10 years ago by now. I, I, I can't remember all too well. But that only lasted like a week. Otherwise, you know, the, 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 the people know to keep the peace with the sanitation workers. And we do get those articles, too, all the freaking time. And, you know, like, oh, there's uh, 10 sanitation workers making six figures. Well, Homer's very, like, kind of weaselly. A lot of people said a lot of things. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a useful phrase. But then uh, then he gets gutsy. He's like, hey, that was yesterday, buddy. Like, that's so, so such a fun turn from Homer there. And great design on him covered in trash. Like, they clearly stuffed all of his pants with trash. <laughs> it's a good reveal. <laughs> and I like how it's good news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, it makes you really wish you had seen exactly how they humiliated him. <laughs> I think at the, I, I bet their last touch was putting that grapefruit on his head. I think that was like the cherry on top. And the, uh, I also like Homer's. He apologizes that he does not apologize. That's 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 oh, that's a wonderful line. <laughs> my dad, I don't think ever apologized my entire life. I can't. Hard to think of any time. It feels like a very old dad style there. That's a good way to be. No apologies. It's a Mitt Romney way. Uh, I think the best I ever got was like an I'm sorry you took that the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That, That classic I'm sorry. So trash is over. Bart and Homer, instead of like being sad about it, they get really into it and just start throwing shit out the window, which... If you're gonna live in garbage, you may as well enjoy it. That's 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 a good way to think. I bet the writers were upset they used their trash angel joke uh, oh, last year. Oh yeah, they, they no could make trash angels. angels. And uh, they say no room for you, Jello. Reference to the old ad campaign and the uh, no room for you, Jello. Reference to the post uh, in a post Cosby world. I don't know what their ads. <laughs> their slogan are. is "We have distanced ourselves from Bill Cosby." <laughs> Though apparently I didn't know that Jello, along with the DreamWorks television animation, did like a 2018 cartoon series starring Jello people. Were they Jigglers? Because uh, I don't understand that. You know, I don't think I think Jigglers are over. I don't think they they've, they've been done. over, but just like I don't want to touch the Jello. It's disgusting. <laughs> I've never heard of this. The character. This was a full series. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Let me let me look this up real quick. And the characters are gel. Uh, I think they're, they're piles of Jello. I think. Uh, are they in the shape of like a Jello mold, or are they more like if a person was built out of Jello? I should not have opened this door. It's uh, made from hooves, you know. <laughs> this is. sounds. It's this, not. It's not vegetarian. This, this sounds disturbingly horny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little. Is this worried what's polluting this is the horny. next generation's minds? Uh, so in August 2018, Jello released an animated series on YouTube and Amazon titled Jello Wobs. What? That sounds like a British slur of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Come- <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, the Wobs are at it again. Bring about the Maxim gun, Chauncey. <laughs> oh, I guess they're all just like generic Jello mold shapes. Yeah, they're. Je- I see it now. Yeah, the, they're different wiggly pot it, it just it looks like your typical uh so there's just shapes yes yeah they're just shapes that t- sounds, generic shapes they're sounds, not they're sounds, not shaped like anything it sounds boring what do they do what's the they uh, have eyes do the, they have a face it looks like yes yeah, yeah eyes and a face i have one of these open on youtube now and it has uh, 1.8 million views so oh, the wobs are taking off they're more popular than us 
<laughs> what is the show about? What's the p- plot? It looks like they live in uh, some sort of uh, refrigerator I town. I think they live in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't tell me it was Wobs with a Z. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They got. Okay. Yes. They're blobs with faces. Yeah, but what do they do? Do they have? Uh, is it? Uh, they have psychosexual dramas. They spread jello awareness. <laughs> That's not a plot. That's there needs to be conflict. <laughs> so it's 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 jellos versus ignorance of jello. <laughs> uh, that, that classic archetype of a of a myth. Yeah, it's a man versus man, man versus jello, <laughs> jello versus ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> i can i can read it straight from the press release here if you guys want to hear it the uh oh hit me the jello wobs is comprised of six episodes that follow the wobs a group of lovable jello characters cast from humble kitchen objects in their adventures through a fantastical kitchen world <laughs> <laughs> sounds like marge's favorite show <laughs> The uh, the show's protagonist Bucket is accidentally brought Why can't he to share life his ice cream cone? when Jello powder gets knocked into a bucket and mixes with a variety of leftover kitchen junk. Right. Well, when we what? stop this podcast, we can start that one. Yes, no, we're we're gonna do the je- the Wobs episode. I'm- oh yeah, no, you gotta. <laughs> it, apparently, it's in line with a recent uh, toy line that Jello made oh. called Jello Play, uh, designed to engage families and uh, free play or something and fun. So the way they came to life uh, by accidentally being mixed with some chemicals under your sink. Yeah, that's that feels bad to oh, even tell yeah. children. Like uh, you're you're asking for poisoning children now at this point. Okay, fine. They came to life, and now what do they do? Uh, well, they make a band in one episode, and they create a clubhouse. Okay, that's pretty sick. Looks like a general general sitcom hanging out type stuff. All right, well, probably does it. You know, they they probably have like this ten season arc planned out, and you got to get to. It becomes like Game of Thrones by season four. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, though they start throwing shit out the window, then um, then Homer's joy, like Ned, comes over to ask them to clean up a little bit, and Homer, we, me and Bob were talking before this. Homer is so mean in this episode, like meaner than he is in Grimes, the the last episode we did with you guys. Yeah, oh, he's nice uh, he's Grimes. mean in that episode, but in a sort of oblivious way. Yeah. This one, he's just like openly cruel. <laughs> he dumps garbage on Ned knowingly. So like he just happily does it and uh then we get to also see diaper hill which is yeah that is the <laughs> grossest thing in the episode yeah wait until the sun hits diaper mountain oh disgusting i i said it before matt Groening's busy with futurama <laughs> they're getting away with stuff he would have killed in the writers room. bring on the mountain of shit <laughs> exactly we also get to see Farmer Dan's bacon used to distract, distract a bunch of rats, which I wonder if that's from the same company as the breakfast log. It's could big, be. It's Big John's breakfast log and Farmer Dan's bacon, but I bet th- I bet it's the same like Oscar Mayer company. It wasn't really a joke, though. <laughs> a lot of brands in this first act. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the animation on the rats eating the bacon is funny, though. I do like that. They just are, It's horrifying. <laughs> and then Homer doesn't, he just says, like, well, the rats seem happy. Marge gets it really bad in this episode Again, yeah like they they love torturing her in the this season like marge gets it pretty bad all season nine this is the first uh i guess reference to the cat lady but not the mm. first appearance because presumably that is the crazy lady that's living in the trash pile that attacked marge 
You know, the cat lady first appeared last episode. That's right. Edition, We're so recording yeah. these out of order. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it could be a different crazy lady. It could be uh, Mrs. McPherson's trash heap, as, uh, as Birch Barlow brought up. It could That's be related. right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Homer can't stand the idea of apologizing. Homer, that crazy lady who lives in our trash pile attacked me again. That's not the way she tells it. And the school nurse says Bart has the plague. No, it's like the measles. Good to get it out of the way. Homer, this has gone far enough. Will you please just apologize to the garbage men? Yeah, Dad, you're always telling me and Bart to apologize. Yeah, but I'm always secretly disappointed when you do. Anyway, I think those garbage men are starting to crack. I think you're starting to crack. Apologize for that remark. No way. And a boy. <laughs> I love that run. Uh, so I was consulting production codes just to see if I was correct. And this episode is the ninth production episode. And girly edition is the 15th. So I think uh, this put the crazy cat lady in their minds. Wow. They must have sat on this then in air order just to get it to 200 quite a while then. Which, uh, I mean, of everything else in season nine to make it the 200th, I think... Eh, I'd go with this one. I think this is at least like the most bombastic. Yeah, it's like the, this is the most stars, like you said, are the biggest stars. Mm-hmm. Bigger than Ernest. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, too, they said on the commentary that it was like four years separated the airing of this and the 100th episode, like almost perfectly. One day, four years in one day. And difference. during the recording of the commentary, they were doing the table read or something for the 400th episode. Ha. Yeah. I laughed at that. They're like, oh, we, we hit the halfway point. Like, ha ha. You, if you fools on this commentary only knew what I know. <laughs> like homer doesn't even believe that marge was attacked by this crazy lady <laughs> who he met and talked to he trusts her more yeah. <laughs> again homer's not uh, a great guy in this one yeah no not, not not so great so the next morning homer is i like he's kind of excited to look at his mountain of trash in the morning and also somehow he slept through everyone removing his like that's like a days long process of removing all that trash but Whatever, the, the trash fairies took it away. I mean, that shows you how good the sanitation department is, that they could do that silently in the night. Yeah, Steve Martin runs a tight ship. That's <laughs> what he did in the first place. It's not their job to take this idiot's trash. He should have to bring it to the dump himself. Sideshow Mel's right. When later in this episode he says it's excellent, because you're only supposed to just pick up, like, I can't just leave whatever trash I want on the street and the garbage man will pick it up. Yeah, you can't leave an engine block or something. You can't just put it on your lawn and expect them to haul it away. You have to hire someone to do that. I, I learned that the hard way my last move. Mm. Uh, I, I, I put a mattress in the dumpster in uh, my new place. My mistake was not putting in the dumpster in my old place and leaving. Uh. Uh, but at the new place, they're like, you can't put a mattress there. And so uh, the I... I paid a guy to take it away but i should have i had contemplated doing the putting it in the middle of the street and then calling the garbage man and saying like well somebody left it there you guys got to take it away yeah how would they know or write uh your enemy's name on it (laughs) (laughs) he's so proud of this garbage he put his name on it Uh, why couldn't they, why couldn't you put it in your dumpster? Uh, they said it was like too big. Like they said that they don't take it away. I that's uh, you know my super could have been lying to me on that, but that's that was his opinion. That's also I found out that they have cameras on the garbage can all the time, and they knew it was me that put it there. Oh man, so they're they're that's always hard. watching in this apartment <laughs> complex. Panopticon. <laughs> Homer though uh, seems to think that his uh, his garbage strike worked. Woo-hoo! I won. This is a very, very proud day for us, especially me, your father. <laughs> me beat City Hall. It's just like David and Goliath, only this time David won. 
And to think you wanted me to crawl, Marge. Well, this man doesn't crawl. He stands tall. That rhymes, Marge, and you know it rhymes. Admit it. Homer, you didn't beat City Hall. They picked up our trash because I wrote a letter of apology to the sanitation commissioner and signed your name, period. You signed my name? I feel so violated. You've signed my name lots of times. But this isn't like a loan application or a will. <laughs> you signed away my dignity. And I'm going to get it back. Lisa, do I have my pants on? Yes. Perfect. The uh, I like Homer's just happiness. He's so proud of himself there. And then just seeing Marge next to him getting madder and madder, is, uh, that's just so funny. Marge should just let it go. Yeah, yeah well... Would have been the easier way. She can't let classical music play in her head like Lisa. Yeah, like she <laughs> has not learned that trick yet. Uh, uh, Lisa talking to herself there. Lisa's Lisa's uh, stream of consciousness. That's basically how I feel eight hours a day. <laughs> Just reading online. I know. I saw it too. <laughs> I I need to be telling myself that more when I reply to say Joe Biden fans on Twitter <laughs> or people who share Bill Maher videos. I like, I should just, I should just tell myself, listen to classical music in my head. I kind of like that. Lisa also didn't become an um, actually person there though, as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's Zen. <laughs> that's, we all need, we know we all need that. And uh, I, I love that. I love that. It's what pushed Marge over the line was him insisting that that rhymes, and you know it rhymes. <laughs> like <laughs> he thinks that Marge is not backing him up on him accidentally rhyming something. <laughs> Another great joke about Homer being cruel that he's for, forged Marge's name regularly on her will. On her will. <laughs> but Homer like can't. Also, that's a weird. It's a really weird drawing when Lisa tells Homer that he's wearing pants. Like she has like this odd smile on her face. I don't really understand what they're doing with that. Uh, but so Homer heads off, and this is where we enter to the local politics of the episode and our big, well, one of our big guests on it. Uh, I mean, do you guys, you guys are, are politics heads, uh, but like, how important is a sanitation commissioner? Like, how much power do you do you think they wield? I've never heard of a sanitation commissioner. They, that wasn't a, a thing in any place that I've I heard. always assume that on the East Coast out where we live that they're all mafia-affiliated criminals and their job is to decide which criminal Italian uh, mob family will be in charge of the sanitation. Let me clarify here. I mean an elected sanitation person. Yeah, you know, I wonder if that's much an electable gig, though. When you mention the mafia angle, that I am kind of surprised if Fat Tony didn't appear in this episode. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? No, I think a lot of in a lot of cities, the sanitation commissioner is appointed, right? Which right. should like tell you that uh, that Springfield is a weak mayor system, it's which means Quimby's position is largely ceremonial. Uh, they most likely have a manage city manager, city council uh, form of government, which means with a lot of uh, elected uh, positions that would otherwise be appointed by a mayor who was in a strong mayor system. Well, also, uh, Ray Patterson says that he's been elected 16 years in a row, which is a lot like, is there an annual sanitation commission election? Um, like, I've heard of, of some... Uh, offices like that going every two years, but wh every year is a little unusual. Yeah, it could go every five years. I mean, it's, it's it's a patchwork of laws in this great nation of ours. But otherwise, I always, you know, even as an adult, it still sounds like one of those 
archaic local things like electing judges, uh, or like the county judges or... Uh, recorder of deeds. Uh, coroner. I love recorder of deeds. You, is this just the guy you come in and say, here's a deed, and you're like, all right, I got you. Like, you hand, the back, you hand him the receipt? Why would you have to have that elected? What, what's your position? I'm going to do a really good job recording those deeds. I'm like, this asshole. Well, you that know, guy sucks well, at recording you know, like, deeds. Eight, I'm sure 80% of the elected recorders of deeds are just all like Tea Party Trump people now. Also, what the fuck with electing coroners? What, where, where, where is that elected official? I, I swear, I'm going to do a really good job carving up your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all run on MS-13 and abortion now. And like and like ending creationism. <laughs> I think it should be pretty suspect if someone wants to be the coroner. I think yeah. we should not trust that, uh, especially if they're one of their promises to not is to not to have sex with the corpses. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why did you even bring that up? Nobody was asking you that. Uh, uh, but yes, why don't we hear our comedy legend Steve Martin here as Ray Patterson? Here's your apology back, Mr. Simpson, and I'm sorry we couldn't work this out. Don't come off all high and mighty with me, Patterson. You can't scare me with your office and your desk and your lamp. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get my work done. Oh, 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 I get it. Put on a big show for the cameras. What cameras? Why are you still here? I came to fight City Hall. I want to shake things up, Patterson. Stir up some controversy. Rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man, Patterson. A crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Look, Simpson. I've been elected by the voters of this city 16 years in a row. So they must think I'm doing a damn good job. You want to know what I think? No. Nobody wants to hear the nonsensical ravings of a loudmouth malcontent. Oh. Well, we'll see about that. Hey! No cut. I want to register to run for sanitation commissioner. And tell the fat cats upstairs things are going to change in this town. Okay. But this is where you register as a sex offender. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, that's always a line. Uh, I love that show. <laughs> so uh, Patty and Selma are in the line, uh, Jimmy the Scumbag, and also Freddie Quimby mm-hmm. are in the sex offender line. Good picks for sex yeah. offenders of, of uh, Springfield, especially Freddie Quimby, I think. Uh, though, I mean, the Ke- Kennedy-type dudes like him, they do not register as sex offenders. It's it's just shenanigans. <laughs> the uh, I apologize to listeners. I had previously said... Mo was a registered sex offender. Clearly, he is not a registered sex offender until this episode, so I'm very sorry I had misstated. Yikes, play the toilet flush. The design of Ray Patterson, it, yeah. well, it feels like from the same places, you know, Jack Lemmon, Rodney Dangerfield, and Helen Hunt, that they designed the character to kind of look like them, but it's not like, entirely. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like a caricature of him, in my opinion. It feels like he's uh, he's playing a role in the show. He's like a little he's pudgier acting in the show. than I guess so, yeah. is, though. But he was at a very uh, high point in his career at this point. I mean, now uh, nobody cares. We're post-Return of the Pink Panther Returns or whatever oh, God. with those movies. But uh, he was doing things like Bowfinger be next year um and then cheaper by the dozen in those movies he was like oh, a huge yeah. star around this time father the bride yeah yeah but uh now not so much i remember a uh like an av club story from a decade ago or something where steve martin was trying to pivot to something else because nobody wants to see his bad movies anymore <laughs> oh no and he did this public appearance and uh people were upset because he only wanted to talk about art collecting oh. which to be fair oh, is very boring the 92nd street why they had to give people their money back because they thought he was going to do comedy and instead he was just talking about art. You wanted to hear about comedy? He's also an accomplished banjo player. That's true. 
And he plays a rare form of banjo playing. <laughs> I, I mean, still for a whole generation, he's the guy who puts an arrow in his head. Like he never became a different thing than that to people. I, the last time I heard about Steve Martin, I think was when he put out his, uh, his memoir that born standing up. Like that's, uh, that's when he did his WTF and everything. It's a good book. I recommend it. He also got on this script for anyone else. He published a book of his tweets. Oh, did he? Oh, wow. Yeah, this was back in like 2011, when I guess that was still a novelty. <laughs> the The writers on the show probably cast for, uh, Steve because, I mean, they were all comedy nerds who grew up during his biggest time as as a star oh, yeah oh yeah well he was you know he was on um he was on snl so much he posted the first episode of snl right? that was george carlin oh what that was well he he posted like this third then or something He's, like he hosted that. a ton mm-hmm. i think he was the first five timer i think i believe yeah. he was yeah. yes well, and he's like he's seemingly ageless because his hair has been white since he was twenty. <laughs> See, that's another that's the Paul Rudd strategy. Look ya old when you're young, and then you'll never look old. <laughs> I think uh, Frank Conniff on MST3K has that same thing. TV's Frank. Yeah. You know, I also remember I really liked him in his guest appearance on Thirty Rock. Oh yeah. Good, yeah, Gavin Velour. Yeah, because he's like a Steve Jobs type, and he's playing a very muted Steve Martin at the start, like in his first episode, but by his final appearance, he goes like Steve Martin crazy, and he's he's playing him as big as he's ever played anybody. I liked, you got like both flavors of Steve Martin. I miscounted the men, Liz. Uh, oh, you know what? The last time I saw him in something was when he like did the King Tut song on the 40th anniversary of SNL. I, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I remember brother. that. Oh no, uh, I, that uh, that that was that was uh, something. <laughs> yeah, well, he was you know he was a pioneer of that kind of like smart absurdist comedy. You know that's still still very relatable. Yeah, I think I mean he was smarter than uh, than a lot of people gave him credit for when he first appeared. I think too. Yeah, right. But it's just not as uh, it, it's not as as, as polemical or or even observational. It's just it's weird. And uh, I, I, you know, Bob might disagree with this, but I think it's unprofessional to keep a bird in your office. Mm. I think I think Homer Homer's not right to abuse that bird. No, that's fine. It's a small enough bird. I'll, it's like having <laughs> I mean, which, which one of you is pro bird? Bob is a pro bird person. It's a pro bird podcast. You're anti bird. It's fine. It's 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 cute. Uh, I mean, but, uh, Bob, I was curious. You probably had some issues with the the bird. Uh, it the was bird safe. abuse here. But birds are the one animal it's okay to abuse because everybody hates birds. <laughs> I I wonder if like when the idea of sex offender as a like joke in things started, it feels like a very late '90s thing of like somebody just stating I'm a registered sex offender. Yeah, I feel like the joke five years before would be a, a joke about stalking, because mm-hmm. that was a, a fun... I mean, they did on The Simpsons. I'm going outside to stalk. Yes, yeah. Lenny and Carl. I th- feel like the first time I saw a joke about a registered sex offender would have been, well, probably either this or Big Lebowski. Mm. I, I, I don't actually know the legal history, but my suspicion is that the, the kind of tough-on-crime panic is what led to the this massive sex offender registry, so it just wasn't a thing before that. Yes. The specific legislation is... But... No, I think it was created by the crime bill it might have been honestly. i think it's in the i think the requiring states to have a register of sex offenders i think was in the crime bill so we can thank joe biden for this joke it Man. says uh yeah uh, megan's law is what started this oh okay the sex offender registry in 1994 okay yep same time frame 
Well, I might have been wheeled in, uh, rolled into the yeah. uh, crime bill. It's riding on the same wave that, that Uncle Joe yep. surfed into uh, mass incarceration. So Homer announces he's going to run for Sanitation Commission. The the headline subhead of Local Nut added again. I, I love that joke. Yeah, I hope that's what I want one day for me to have. <laughs> uh, I mean, by this point, Homer and the Simpsons should be so famous to Springfield, he should either easily get elected on just fame or never elected because everyone knows him. I would guess. I would guess the other side. I mean, he actually. was a famous musician ten years ago, right? It's true. He's a platinum-selling uh, recording artist, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, when Homer's driving around with Bart. That's when we get the the opening line of, of Homer threatening to beat Bart. He's, <laughs> he's going to give him such a beating, like Homer, you know, pounding the pavement. It's kind of fun in like an old school way to see this this old style of electioneering of driving around with the speakers on your car and shaking hands at the local uh, power plant. He's he's putting in the work, but then. Then after if that starts to fail, he kind of takes the, you know, modern Democrat turn of like, he needs celebrity, not, not pounding the pavement. Oh, well, actually, here's some of Homer's electioneering here. Hey, Boat Simpson. Hi, nice to see you. Hey, thanks for coming out. He's putting on weight, huh? Lenny, my man. So, Homer, if we vote for you, what are you going to do different? What am I, the answer man? Just vote for me. <laughs> you know, I don't know Ray Patterson, but he's no Ray Patterson. Yeah, Homer's a great nuclear safety inspector, but I don't know if I trust him with my garbage. You know, that's a peace of mind issue, you know? (laughs) These old geezers just don't get it. It's time to rock the boat! That's that's Hillary's campaign in a nutshell. Yep, yeah. I I mean, he's very Homer is Hillary style offended at being asked for platforms. <laughs> that's for sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, Beyonce, <laughs> or like Mayor Pete, very very anti platforms uh, in Homer's case. Well, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, he goes for a celebrity instead, but they you know they didn't have Beyonce then, so instead he turns to you two for it, which I think that's a good choice because you know. Bono was very much like a rocker who cared type thing. Yeah, to, yeah. I mean, he did like, you know, charity and whatnot, AIDS crisis is like not not as explicitly political as say, I don't know, Jello Biafra, I guess, but he's, uh, he, he was a political uh, rock star. And this whole scene is meant to depict their Pop Mart tour. Yes. Like yeah. down to just the way they perform, what they dressed in, the TVs behind them and everything. I don't know if anyone uh, has been to this. Maybe you can let us know in the audience <laughs> if this is accurate or not. But yeah. They had to be rich to attend that then. Yeah. Not our listeners. <laughs> I remember that being a big deal because it was an incredibly involved and expensive stage show. Yeah, they well, they did that one. They did like a TV-based one right before it. And then this one, like... Was that the lemon one first? Yeah, yeah, with them and the giant lemon. I Yeah, and then they did the Pop Mart and it was supposed to be... And it was like in conjunction with Kmart or something yeah and it was like oh we're we're, being, we're doing the first culprit uh rock crossover but it's also very self-aware oh yes we're selling out in quotation marks <laughs> i was talking with uh, henry before the show and you two is one of the biggest rock bands that ever existed but until he jogged my memory the only song i can think of is the one on the batman forever soundtrack and that's because weird <laughs> al does a parody me, of it. Baby. kill me also uh, the only song i really know is uh sunday bloody sunday 
I know that Uno Dos Tres Catortotes song. Oh yeah. It's amazing. They at this time they were the biggest band in the world. They were the biggest touring band in the world. And then like ten years later, they've tried to put a YouTube album on people's iPhones and they lost their shit. <laughs> Remember that? It came preloaded and I, they were like, get this the fuck off of my fucking phone. I don't know what the U two constituency is. I've never met anyone who has spoken older, positively about older YouTube. X- Generation Xers, I would say. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Henry was playing a few songs for me after I was like, I can't think of any songs. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a U2 song because whenever the radio is playing U2, I'm like, the radio is making noise again. <laughs> I don't think of U2. <laughs> well, Scott Scott Huckerman and uh, Adam Scott had that You Talking U2 to Me podcast. I think those guys, they're, they're speaking to the demographic that is U2 fans and still cares to this day. Yeah, I guess we're 10 years too young for... I mean, I know knew their song. Their, their last big hit was... Was that uh, Uno Dos Trace or or their song Beautiful Day? As like feels like a very right before night. Beautiful Day, I think, was their last big hit single, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking at my iTunes right now. Songs of Innocence is on there as one of the albums I've quote have, unquote wow. purchased. Hey, this is uh, producer Chris in the room with Matt and Virgil. I just want to say that you're, the song you're thinking of is Vertigo. That was probably their last big big hit. But I also want to say if anybody has any questions, I've been to a U2 concert in the last calendar year. Okay, what's the demographic? I mean, yeah, older boomers. Okay, or older is X, X or older 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 X Gen. But yeah. you know, they were the most popular ba- band in the world for a solid decade. Yeah. So you're gonna retain some constituency there, no matter no matter what. Even if you fade out of the what's uh what's hip and young. Wasn't that an adorable time when there was such a thing as a huge rock band? Yeah, well, there still are. I mean, you go, no, like, no, there rock are, is dead. Look, if you two toured again, they could probably play. Uh, oh yeah, house. with the with the old audience. What I'm yeah, saying yeah. is, like, with the younger contemporary audience, there's no big rock band. Yeah, well, there's I mean, no emergent rock band that is like giant and hugely popular with young people i mean i don't know you could i, I don't want to super get into this but i'm sure like a ima- something like imagine dragons is gonna like sell out a gonna sell major tickets at this Imagine point. dragons is the closest thing and i i put it to you sir that they're I, a fraction of the youtube popularity just, just to give a, a little glimpse into where youtube's politics are now uh, the, one of the most memorable moments of that song or of that concert is when they're doing their current version of uh, sunday bloody sunday they have this huge screen that runs the entire length of their arena and uh they're showing images from the troubles and they're both basically just showing this montage of like kind of cartoon political drawings from the time and basically doing violence on both sides for the troubles it's like uh like the, the, yeah. the atrocities uh, on either side well and just remember like, well, Come on, Bono. Remember, Bono is a filthy prot. He famously, uh, in the 90s, early 90s, he was in San Francisco for a concert, and someone was waving a flag that said SF, and he thought it was for Sinn Féin, and he started yelling at them for (laughs) trivializing the violence, and it's like, no, you're in San Francisco. Is he a DUP guy? I think he's a, he's a both sides guy. Do people insist on sitting in their chairs like Otto does at the at the this U two show you went to? We were all standing. We were in the back. Back, uh, I believe we got. Some, we actually, if I remember correctly, it was this show that I was at where some guys behind us were like, "Hey." You're, blo- you're blocking our view. We paid good money to be. So yes, I I think that they basically did uh, the same thing and got mad at us for standing during the rock concert in front of them, which is uh, perhaps my one of my least favorite concert behaviors. <laughs> Why well, you know, I was trying to see where rock is at right now with the young people. At Coachella, like, it's pretty rare that the headliner is a rock band. And when it is, it's like Radiohead or Arcade Fire, which have just been like, they're not new, you know, or Guns N' Roses? What the fuck? 
Yeah, Arcade Fire is not huge. They won no. a Grammy, but there it was still like a big thing that they were an indie act even, winning a Grammy. Even at their biggest height, they were never anywhere near the U two level. There's th- that doesn't exist. That tier has been eliminated. Yeah, for I, rock I, I gotta say I agree with because rock on is that dead, one. baby. Rock is turning into jazz. It's a niche uh, genre for certain types of people, but the broad pop milieu is all it's all R and B. And uh, pop ladies and such, and apparently fifty thousand Korean guys. I agree. Who with, all look identical? And I, are on they stage don't look at identical. That's literally racist. No, I no, they no, that... they give them surgery to make them look that way. Okay, okay, okay. Grandpa got into the horseradish again. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the Simpsons. Uh, they also spent a lot of money to get Pride on stage too. Like they paid for that song. Like that's uh, maybe that was why they got you too, because they're like, we'll pay for the music licensing rights to get that song. And the woman in one of the scenes with Homer, who he calls uh, Kojak. Yes. Uh, that was the, uh, I believe, uh, a record executive that later would date uh, one of them. Yeah, And yeah. they were dating at the time. I could not find one picture of her with a shaved head, so it feels like they froze her in like one specific point in time in her life, like mm-hmm. one haircut, and then that was it. Like sort of how yeah. Billy Corkin has hair on The Simpsons. Oh, one yeah, appearance. It's yeah. like, oh, he had hair once. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. What if you, you know, you go in and they're like, okay, we're going to make you into a Simpsons character, and you have to be like, I don't normally look like this. Please don't draw up. No, this is just for today. Oh, fuck. Now they can just pull up an old picture, but then I guess they didn't have one available with them. But Well, I mean, they'd have like promotional headshots, but I guess the manager wouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's uh, that's principal manager Paul McGinnis as the, the bald guy rejecting the potato man. And, uh, and they have Susie Smith. That's Kojak there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I help you? Potato man. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> Okay, camera two. Uh, excuse me, this is a restricted area. Take a hike, Kojak. Ah! One man he resists. Hello, Springfield. And me, Homer. What the bloody hell? Quiet, you. I know you youngsters want to see these rockin' rockers, but I also know you care about the race for sanitation commissioner. So let me give you the nine one one, and uh, and they got all of you two except for Larry Mellon Jr. the mm. drummer. He was not present, so that's why he doesn't say anything. And why, like in the last scene of the episode, he's asleep. And uh, while the insistence of having Paul McGinnis there too reminds me of when Aerosmith's manager was just hanging around in flames. Oh right, Rose. yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Just like it's weird that we meet their two of their friends first, yeah, and then you two. You know, this the Irish jokes of the potato man, it does remind me that our our previous Irish guests, they were totally cool. They they love all the Irish stereotype jokes in there. And they speak for Ireland. So uh, uh but yeah, so Homer comes on stage, he just jumps onto the stage, takes over the video monitors too in a very like powerful move. And uh and when Bono tells him gives him the chance to give a speech, not only to Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen leave with the edge to not have to hear Bono give a bullshit speech again. Then, uh, then Homer has nothing to present other than dancing, which <laughs> did really remind me of Hillary Clinton on Ellen. I have to say, the crowd did not like the monkey. No, he should have dabbed. Obama did some dances on the Ellen Show, and he won. So you know, eh, not a bad strategy. Hold on, people! The man's talking about waste management. That affects the whole damn planet. Oh, here we go. What do you say we slip out to Mo's for a pint? Can I come? No. Wankers. Now, 
I hear Ray Patterson is a fine public servant. Why should the people of Springfield... Why should they vote for you? That's a good question, Bono. Because I'd be the most whack, tripped-out sanitation commissioner ever! Can you dig it? <laughs> wow, look at him go. You're the real Lord of the Dance, Homer. folks. He'll get the help he needs. Uh, so Homer gets escorted off stage and beaten as well to the He's Getting music. all the help he needs. I... That's a great. I love that. It's a great visual. I love that. Yeah. I was sad when they went to the next scene. He wasn't horribly beaten. <laughs> but in the next scene, though, Homer comes across a slogan with Mo. I I just love in this bit here. Homer is all over the place as he's coming up with his slogan. My campaign is a disaster, Mo. I hate the public so much. If only they'd elect me, I'd make them pay. Oh, <laughs> how do I make them like me? Uh, gee, you're kind of all over the place there, Homer. You need to focus here. You got to think hard and come up with a slogan that appeals to all the lazy slobs out there. Oh, well. Can't someone else do it? Can't someone else do it? That's perfect. It is? Yeah. Now get out there and spread that message to the people. Woohoo! Whoa, hey, you didn't pay for the beer. Can't someone else do it? Uh-oh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Seriously, give me the money. <laughs> so uh, they do the cute sitcom scene, and then Bo pulls a shotgun on him. That's very, I get very Joe Biden talking to his advisors vibes from that scene. <laughs> he wants them to like him. He can't, I mean, Joe Biden seems all over the place. So Homer's platform, I mean, I, the hack thing to do is point out that this is similar to make America great again, but there were a million, I mean, in 2016, 2015, there were a million news stories on like the Simpsons predict the Trump campaign. So this is not a new thought. I mean, his populist message through a very clear slogan, like it's easy, it's easy to make the MAGA comparison for sure. Yeah, but Homer sure. is also uh, promoting socialized garbage care. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He wants he wants bigger government like that. That way, it uh, it kind of reminds me of Bernie because they're both the same. You know, they're two sides of the same coin. Trump and Bernie. I have mm -hmm. always thought. Well, you know, the right leveled that charge against Obama too. That he, you know, oh, he's just a slogan. So. Not that, not that common. Well, and also that, like, like Homer, Obama promised free stuff. People just want stuff, and he promises it to you, as as Bill O'Reilly like racistly said <laughs> one time. Uh, George F. Will probably had a field day with this episode. I wonder, yeah, I really actually wonder if a conservative commentator, I'm sure at least one did, wrote a hand wringing essay about this. <laughs> you know, I in '98. I wonder if those guys were as invested in the culture war like that to comment on every thing like they do now. I, I wonder. There's nothing else going on. <laughs> it was the end of history. Yeah, they know a lot of them were just watching TV and getting mad at it. Uh, and so uh, Homer is, yeah, can't someone else do a thing? Catches on big time. The guy with the snotty tissue and his giant nose, like that. I love that guy's design. <laughs> he will never come back. <laughs> the closest to like huh, Trump's racism is him saying that's not even Mexico, as uh, using. <laughs> 
I thought this is a good speech. You have that clip of just that, that... Yeah, let's see that one. But aren't you tired of waking up early and dragging the garbage to the curb? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so annoying in the morning. Aren't you tired of having to peel that last snotty Kleenex from the bottom of your wastebasket? I'll say. Well then, <laughs> can someone else do it? And can't someone else scoop out that nasty kitty litter? Yeah! Well, Ray Patterson thinks you should do it. Animals are crapping in our houses, and we're picking it up. <laughs> Did we lose a war? That's not America. That's not even Mexico. Yeah! Don't you deserve better than the best? Yeah! Who should handle all your dirty jobs? Second time we've heard the chant someone else in the Simpsons. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm someone else. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> Deferring responsibility like that is very popular in Springfield. I borrow the slogan, did we lose a war whenever there's a minor <laughs> injustice in my life? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good pitch. I relate to it. And the answer is yes. Like seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> in a row. We, I, I heard mission accomplished on all those wars. I think we did it. I think it worked. Yeah, then Homer, Homer has got a populist like groundswell of support here which he he takes straight into the debates uh with ray patterson which like everyone's laughing at like this did remind me a lot of trump versus like rubio and jab it, it really did i'm sorry my opponent didn't think enough of you to show up for this debate i'm sure he had more important things to do <laughs> sorry i'm late everyone Somebody tampered with my brakes. <gasps> well, then you should have been early. Hey, <laughs> got you there, eh? Oh, come on, people. This man has promised round-the-clock trash pickup. That's impossible. Not if we hire more men. And my men will do all your messy jobs. They'll wash your car, scrub your shower, air out your stinkables. Especially, I mean... Homer's bullying of, of Ray Patterson here in the second part of the debate, uh, I'll play the clip real quick, is uh, it's, it's very similar. Yeah. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Well, then you better turn up your hearing aid, Pops. Pops? <laughs> I'm only two years older than you. Do we want old man Patterson here with his finger on the button? What button? What the hell are you talking about? What, what, what button? Where am I? Who took my false teeth? <laughs> All right, fine. If you want an experienced public servant, vote for me. But if you want to believe a bunch of crazy promises about garbage men cleaning your gutters and waxing your car, then by all means, vote for this sleazy lunatic. Mm -hmm. Aren't you going to buy it, Dad? 50 cents? <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> I mean, that totally reminded me of when Trump told Rubio he was like flop sweat and shaking all the water around, all that shit. The, uh, yeah, and he was right. It's a good pitch. 
Ray's pitch was very similar to the Hillary pitch of just like, I'm the most experienced. Yeah. Don't you want that? Come it on. It turns out you need to be the most likable. <laughs> Homer Homer was winning on likability there. I mean, Ray Patterson does come off as kind of a scold. So yeah, yeah. I'd have voted for, honestly, Homer's crazy promises would have gotten me to vote <laughs> for him too. It sounded pretty cool. Even though he's right, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Well, like most people, none of us know what the sanitation uh, commissioner does. So yeah, what the hell? How bad could it go? Homer talked me into the ballot booth for that, which I wouldn't even like have gone to for sanitation commissioner. I, I feel like for all the people who said this predicted the election, like when they were writing up before 2016, then they really shouldn't have been as surprised when Trump won since this episode presages that too. Uh, but yeah, so Homer Homer's now actually has to be in office. This is where the, I think the comparison breaks down because they predict he'll crash and burn very quickly, which uh, still waiting on that one. And also though, Homer then tries to befriend Ray Patterson as well. He's just like, ah, come on. We're friends. Those That's were all lies. The past. Yeah. <laughs> Homer is civil as a politician as well what more do you want people it was that great line from the debate where uh patterson says you cut my brake lines and then homer says well shouldn't you have been early <laughs> and and wiggum just goes you got he's got you there like <laughs> but then we get the parody of uh, the candy man which i have never seen willy wonk all the way through really and uh i forgot that like 45 minutes of the movie they're not at the factory <laughs> and so i watched this uh song for the first time as it is in the movie it's boring and kind of uh. creepy it's just like a shot of a guy singing to kids and i think mm. the movie the purpose of the song in the movie is to let the viewers know children like candy <laughs> yeah candy is sweet and children like it <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that from the movie either. Was that That's at the beginning? The guy singing okay. to the kids at the candy store. Wait, he's singing the Candyman song. Yeah, is it? I thought that was an old standard. No, it was. It was invented for Willy Wonka, like that. And then it really? became it became uh, a staple of Sammy Davis Jr.'s stage show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that started in seventy two. Seventy one was when the movie came out, and seventy two was when uh, Sammy Davis Jr who even he admitted the songs like cheesy and bullshit but it was it was his only number one hit sammy davis yeah coming from him though <laughs> john paul the garbage man can who can take your trash out stop it down for you Take the plastic bag and do the twisty thingy too. The garbage man. Oh, the garbage man can. The garbage man can, and he does it with a smile and never judges you. <laughs> Who can take the sniper? I don't mind at all. Who can clean me up before the big policeman's fall? The garbage man! Yes, the garbage man can! The sanitation folks are jolly friendly blokes, courteous and easy going. Them up when you're overflowing, and tell you when your ass is showing. Man 
I did enjoy Krusty's box of used porno. Used porno. It makes you think, yeah. oh, what does used mean? And I why did he I label know. that box? <laughs> I think you know what it means. I like the Oscar the Grouch. That's a great visual gag. And it's and he does it on the fourth joke instead of third. Third is usually the rule on that, but I like the um uh, I, I think that was the last like great song they did in the series. Yeah, it might be. It might be. I think uh well they and this was written by Ian Maxstone Graham, the writer of the episode, though I mean it's it's a parody song. Yeah, you don't get the ass cap money for it. It's <laughs> pointed out in the commentary. I, I also love the animation on the the joy on Wiggum's face when he's cleaned <laughs> off by them. He's like childish laughter. He's they're not loving. even just taking out your garbage. They're cleaning your body. Yeah, <laughs> it will soap you down. It's a wonderful vision of America. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's uh, if Elizabeth Warren really wants to catch on, she needs to pitch that, not the not the college debt thing. Uh, I also, it's really cool that, that when they have musical guests, they don't always get them to sing. Mm. But in this, all three of the guys sing, even though only one is a singer. <laughs> but uh, that is true. I mean, Edge sounds fine. Edge I don't think we mentioned this, but you two requested to be on the show. They yeah, weren't asked. Yeah. So, like, we want to be on The Simpsons, and they found an episode for them to be in. <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, they sang the whole thing. If you want to search for uh, on YouTube, you can find a uh, an MTV News about them recording this, and they're all in the same room, and they like recorded for a few hours that and day. They requested a beer. Yes, yeah, they're like, oh, we got a method this have have actual beer when we're drinking beer at Moe's. Uh, Bono really gets into singing about his arse too. I like that a lot. <laughs> when they cut back to Homer mum, humming the song, I assume that means that it was all just a fantasy of Homer's. No, that happened. That's canon. <laughs> well, you do see the guys in those outfits later, so maybe. <laughs> uh, and yes, that's when Homer is alerted that he has spent through his entire budget in a month, which we find out that is $4.6 million, which yeah, this is 98 money, but uh, it, like in 2012, New York City's budget for sanitation was $2 billion, So. Wow. It's a smaller city. It, it's uh, I don't know. Springfield's pretty big. It's got yeah. like a gorge and a mountain. And what what, what garbage is, is accumulating at the gorge? Come on. <laughs> you know they should have put it in the gorge instead of that mine. They uh, maybe I mean it must have fallen out of the gorge too at some point. Yeah, that's solid waste that saved Homer. Oh yeah, exactly. It's already there. You're right. He can't put it there. Uh, but yes, Homer. Homer is uh, run out of money. He's by signing checks with a stamp. Like that's how it just he flew right through it. <laughs> Jameson, you idiot! You spent your entire year's budget in a month. Your department's broke. Huh? Oh no! Wait, I think I've got the perfect solution. You'd better, because those garbage men won't work for free. No! Oh! oh, Patterson was right. I'm crashing and burning, crashing and burning. How could you spend $4.6 million in a month? They let me sign checks with a stamp, Marge. A stamp! You know, Dad, there's a lesson in all this. Many cities have problems with garbage disposal, and it's time we realize you can't... Wait, just... shut up! I just thought of something. Our paychecks, you bum. My men ain't working another minute till we get paid. Will cash be okay? Will it? Did I hear a briefcase opening? Clearly, though, they should just increase taxes on Mr. Burns and pay for the new sanitation. Pay for it. I mean, everyone is so happy with this system, uh, even though it's expensive. I mean, surely all the grifters in office want to, you know, 
keep everyone happy. Well, there's less money for graft going around then, I guess is the case. I mean, Quimby, Quimby has like a spider sense for graft. There's so much of that. And you can hear world. a briefcase opening. I love that. <laughs> when the, well, and also that Homer, Homer's learning the lesson of like the power of unions because the trash collectors union won't do it. Uh, for free, which that that's uh, pretty great that that's his plan. I there's also a little moment of Lisa kind of leading the viewers to thinking this will have Homer learn his lesson, and instead he just tells her to shut up, and then he are, he came up with something else and just runs away. Homer somehow gets money. He opens up the briefcase, pays off all the union guys. How does he do it though? The the family Drugs? has their own <laughs> guesses here. <laughs> okay, before I show you. Who wants to guess how I got the money? Dealing drugs? Drugs? I'll have to say drugs, too. Close, but you're way off. Look at that beautiful garbage. Other cities don't want it, so they pay me to dump it in this old abandoned mine. That's awful. I almost wish it were drugs. Some of it is. <laughs> Good God, Homer. You're turning our wonderful little town into America's trash hole. Marge, Ixnay on the ash hole tray. But, Dad, you can't cram garbage under Springfield forever. Sure I can, honey kitten. They really got away with the line, ash hole. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's also when we get the vision of loves a lot covered in hypodermic needles. Too. Yeah, just uh, being pushed into the camera. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, call, a lot of little callbacks. In yeah, it's uh, by by the time you see loves a lot in this, I had I had forgotten it. it this all started on Love Day. Love Day, yeah. <laughs> One, well, this does really happen. Uh, cities ship their garbage all yeah. out. More, I think they do it more to China now. Which uh, Homer's using a real SimCity strategy on this. You <laughs> you uh, buy garbage from other towns. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this is a very real statement, though. I guess you know. Clearly everything's fine because uh, we just did it and there's no problems. Like, I never have to hear about them. So uh, Springfield is now on a raft of garbage, which reminded me of when I worked at an office complex in South San Francisco that didn't exist until years ago when they just built it on piles of trash. Garbage island. It is a garbage island. And, and, uh, and so Homer is celebrating with Quimby, and that's when the garbage just starts popping out of the ground. I like the the sound effect on the lump of garbage popping yeah. out of the, the golf course. is so good. It brings the Flanders rabbit back to life, seemingly. Oh, my <laughs> God. That fucking... That's one of the grossest things, too. That dead bunny yeah. popping out of the ground. Just... Ugh. Although we are treated to the word, uh, the term stink bone. Yes. Cletus yeah. thinks he broke his stink bone. <laughs> the, gar <laughs> the garbage pops him out of his uh, his outhouse and it says, I'm guessing that means his anus is his stink uh, bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, also the, the bit of Quimby looking at all the garbage and then turning around and Homer's driven away is so goddamn funny too. Just the, the beat of that, like the, the beat to that scene. Uh, but so everything's the, the entire town is just full of garbage. They they have a, a town meeting to decide what they're gonna do. And here, this is these are where the parallels to Trump ends. Yes, yeah. yeah. This whole third act is like no, there's no again. This uh, the show imagines a lot of like fictional uh, checks and balances that don't exist. Though then again, Homer isn't. They say they're gonna horse whip him in this scene, but he is never horse whip. He doesn't. I guess he loses. It'll his be position. after they move the town. I think. Sure. Sure. And all those opposed to horse-whipping Homer Simpson? Nay. And now, all in favor of reinstating Ray Patterson? Yeah! 
<laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I'm not much on speeches, but it's so gratifying to leave you wallowing in the mess you've made. You're screwed. Thank you. Bye. He's right. He ain't much on speeches. No, people. We are far from screwed. In the garbage. Explodes out of the yeah. podium, which is really great. I... So that's like the 17th time they've done that Red Fox joke on the show. I think show. it's uh, maybe the second this season, but yes, uh, yeah. this is the most specific to that event where uh, Red Fox is playing in Vegas or something. They play him in with the Sanford and Son theme. He sees the audience. is like, I'm not playing for this shit uh, because there's nobody in the audience. Yeah. And then they play him off with the same thing because they had no idea what to do. It's just like, I'll play him off, I guess. So he was, he was on stage for a total of like five minutes. He's like, I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> Like five seconds, actually. Red Fox should have standards. He yeah. should. I, I agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Fox. Also, a great callback for this being the 200th episode. He's played on by the Larry Davis experience. Oh, the, yeah. The, uh, the season, really like season one in through five band, kind of. From uh, Some Enchanted Evening. They so like first, the first production yeah, they, episode. Yeah. They, oh. they, they, they go all the way back to the first production episode, the Babysitter Bandit episode. They're the ones playing the mambo as Homer and Marge are dancing. Uh, it's also a great gag of just cutting into I, and then you you find out what everyone was voting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way that's constructed. But uh, I think, I feel like Hillary imagined she's going to give that speech someday that uh, that Ray Patterson gave. Hopefully. I mean, if things, you know, start to go south. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still, it's only a few days we got to wait for the Supreme Court to install her as president. I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, so after the explosion of garbage, Quimby is kind of left with like clownish makeup on his face of like green lipstick almost around him as, as he then presents Plan B, which uh, this is our final clip here of, uh, of what Plan B entails. The time for panic has come. We must move forward and turn to the town's all-purpose contingency plan. You mean Plan B? Yes, B. I can't believe it's come to this. Come your way. Moving the whole town five miles down the road. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's tempting, all right. So we transplant the town. We're just going to trash the new Springfield, too. Yeah, but what are you going to do? If you need me, I'll be at Moe's. Hey, Mo. Hey, Homer. <laughs> do yourself a favor. Don't turn around. told you not to turn around uh there you have it the very typical late season ending uh i i wonder if uh, elon musk and jeff bezos had an inspiration watching this and thinking ah now i know what we're gonna do let's get those mars colonies going folks let's move to a planet five miles over i think they partially <laughs> made this ending so implausible to just annoy nerds on the internet because it mm. did annoy me i was like well if they're five miles down the road none of this makes sense anymore <laughs> yeah. but they're not it's fine yeah it's it's i mean if for for super simpsons nerds this is kind of a marker of well real springfield is officially dead now every story that takes place is not in real springfield after this one that's all under a pile of garbage in uh, in the middle of nowhere like they do get a good callback to this joke in uh, i think a couple seasons when they blow up monty burns's casino oh and, yeah and then homer like they say well why do we move it five miles down the road anyway and then homer goes well i got a funny story about that and then they're interrupted <laughs> yeah 
Though I did when I was a kid, even watching this, I knew a crying Indian gag was stale. Like I was like, okay, yeah, we're uh, reaching the end of that shelf life for that. And uh, and then we get a rare gag over the credits too of just the the uh, just a few more minutes with the U two guys and their spoon collections. And- Look, guys, I got a Springfield spoon for my spoon collection. Oh, here we go. How many spoons have you got now, Adam? Nine. If I didn't have my spoons, I'd go insane. Can I see it? <laughs> my spoon. No. Winkers. A rare Mr. Burns U2 interaction. Yes, yeah. I, that could have been any character, I think. I, is the joke that they're like on the Concord together and only Burns could afford it? Uh, maybe. That, yeah, that makes sense. I don't think it's a Concord from the uh, the external shot, though. Not that I recall. Mm, yeah, it's true. I, I don't think so. I, though, I mean, will this inspire you guys to collect spoons all around Europe? <laughs> I have never collected a spoon. I don't understand what that's about. I only just think of that S, uh, that Kids in the Hall sketch about the aliens that collect spoons and how it's evidence that they're boring. So that always made me think of co- spoon collection as lame. So no thank you. Who's collecting? Wait, there are sp- spoons for various municipalities? Well, yeah, I've, I've been to like, you know, the Stuckies type thing and they have like a spoon, but it's a, it's not a plain spoon like Adam Clayton has here. It's like a spoon with like a little medallion in the middle that's like St. Louis, the spoon. Or the or handle be painted with yeah. like a scene on it or something. Yeah. Well, do you put them in your drawer and use them for, for spooning up stuff? I think you hang them up somewhere. Yeah, I think. What? <laughs> no, they should be a useful object. Like you buy a keychain, key ring. You put your keys on it. <laughs> uh, well, I, but then you're worried you're going to destroy it through use, and then you've lost your your keepsake. Uh, not if it's well constructed. I don't know. Uh, I'm getting 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 real aggravated now. It's getting <laughs> well, fortunately, we're much. at the end of the episode, so. Uh, oh, jeez, uh, we got a lot to think about here. <laughs> uh, you know, this was a really fun 200th episode. I uh, this was better than I remember. I just wish Homer wasn't such an asshole in it. That's yeah. The one. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely jerk-ass Homer in full effect. I kind of like him when he's a jerk. It was uh, the, the the jokes mostly landed of him being a jerk. When he's rattling the birdcage, that's great. Uh, well, any, any last thoughts on the episode? I guess, you know, maybe if he's going to be such a jerk, then the third act should have his downfall be even bigger than that. But, you know, despite the, the late season type, you know... Uh, screw it we'll press a button and instead of writing an ending you know it's it's still a good episode if only we'd seen homer whipped then uh, yeah that should be the ending just his whipping getting whipped over the yeah, credits just, just whipping over the end credits <laughs> uh though that little button with mr burns i don't know that's just it's just nice and how it's nice it's nice comedy for the nice folks <laughs> though that offended all those uh start shirts in england when when they played they couldn't take it yeah, I wonder what's been going over there and the going on over there in the past few years that might point to some decline in incivility that they can point to this episode as being responsible for. <laughs> everyone, everyone who heard uh, "Wanker" is in 1998 uh, as a kid is now a, a follower of Tommy Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be true. I could. Well, I guess you guys, uh, we we'll do our plugs off the air with yeah. you guys, but. Did you want to have anything in particular to plug? European tour? Should we uh, tell them? I, well, when's this coming out? A few oh, weeks, right. mid-June. Mid-June. Mid-June, too late. Nah, too late. Yeah, uh, we don't have anything. I just want to plug having fun with your friends all summer long. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Everyone do it. 
What I mean, they could read, you know, what's really fun in the summer is to read the Chapo Guide to Revolution. That's true. Oh, that is a good that is a good book, a hardcover book that's available at uh, fine booksellers and fine libraries nationwide, worldwide, in fact. I forgot we should have introduced you guys as New York Times bestsellers. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, You'll get used to it in time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, head out to the beach with your pals. Bring a cooler full of frosty, cold copies of the Chapo Guide to Revolution. Hurl them into the ocean. Just huck them in there just for fun. A sale's a sale. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We'll yeah, let you thank go. you. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. So thanks again to Virgil Texas and Matt Chrisman. Their podcast is amazing. We're always happy to have them on. It's their third appearance. And uh, this is our 200th episode. We made it to 200 episodes. Isn't that great? It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I mean, a lot of podcasts. As I said earlier, we've done way more than that. Yes. If you include What a Cartoon, all the specials, all the wrap-ups, all the, the community podcasts. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm getting nostalgic already now for our own podcast. Yes. Yeah. Remember 2015? Uh, boy, that was a really happy time by compare politically now. Yes. That uh, sorry to get too much. If you guys were bummed out to hear about current day politics, I'm sorry, but they yeah. were pretty much unavoidable. <laughs> yeah. This episode. But thanks for listening to us for this long. We're going to keep going. Yes. For uh, we're only one fourth of the way there. Holy shit. This episode yeah. keeps going. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to stick with it all, and we hope you'll stick with it too. You're our, uh, you know, our smart, funny, attractive audience. You're the best audience around. And, and I we... know you're all very wealthy. I'm sorry <laughs> I said you weren't earlier. And if you want to use some of that wealth in a good way, mm-hmm. you just go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And for the low price of five bucks a month, you'll get every episode of this podcast one week ahead of time and ad free. And the same goes for our sister show, What a Cartoon. Along with that $5 donation, you'll also get all kinds of bonus stuff that's behind a paywall like all of our limited mini series like talking critic talking futurama and talking of the hill our podcast treatment of the first season of king of the hill and henry for the big spenders out there what do they get for 10 bucks a month They'll all get that stuff, plus access to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where me and Bob cover a different animated feature film once a month. The most recent one we did was Aladdin, the Disney classic, not uh, the live-action one, the animated one. The (laughs) non-classic. And and in June, we'll have a great one there, too. So if you want to hear even more of me and Bob gabbing about cartoons and all that fun stuff, you can hear it. Over 20 hours of exclusives, just uh, audio, just for the movies at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts every Monday, occasionally on Friday. Go to retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine and subscribe to it. I think you'll like it if you like video games. Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. I tweet about when new things happen on the Patreon and with our other podcasts. Plus, I also share some of my own political thoughts like our (laughs) guests do, too. So please, check out all that H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for the episode King of the Hill. We'll see you then. I think I done busted my stink bone.